0: All right, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're gonna continue our vision series. And I'm so excited. If you missed last week, I wanna encourage you, to go back uh, and watch it online. You can watch our services on our Facebook page, um, and you can also now watch them live on our website. And I I do wanna say, as we're kind of in vision series, one of the things that we're gonna be focusing more on is not just streaming our services online, but creating an online campus. And the reason for that is because we're noticing really thousands of people um, from around the world, really, um, are, are watching our services online. And, and we're getting testimonies from people whose lives are being changed because they're tuning in. And so we're like, well, man, you know, we're, we're, we need to put some some effort and some resources into this because uh, we're reaching thousands online. And, um, and, and, and you can only fit, you know, Two or three hundred people in here, so so imagine the impact we can have. So pray with us towards that. We want to really begin to, um, you know, if people are tuning in and lives are being changed, man, we want to see the Spirit of the Lord uh, go through those cameras in Jesus' name and just touch and touch people's. Uh, live. So uh, today is uh, week two of our vision series. I'm excited and uh, I want to just kind of reiterate um, what vision is for us. Our vision, uh, it, it rarely should ever change. Now the vehicles that we bring our vision and, and our methods can and will uh, change, but really vision should stay true. Um, and and so that's why, man, literally for two years, um, we've just been praying and praying and saying, God, what does this look like here? What do you want to do? What does it look like in Pinellas County? And we want to partner with you. And so, and so really looking through scripture, we saw that God's plan for all of us is in four stages that we see. And God wants us to know him. So, so we would say, know God, and then we want you to find freedom And then we want you to discover your purpose, and then we want you to make a difference. And we could say it this way. Here at Generation Church, we are desiring that lost people get saved, saved people get pastored, pastored people get trained, and trained people get mobilized. You could say it this way. God has made a way for you. Somebody say me. That was four people. Somebody say me to get saved, to get free, to walk in your gifting, and then for God to use you in the body of Christ to make a difference. And so this is what we desire, and so it's not enough to desire it. We want to share with you our plan to help facilitate that, and not just the what, but the how. How are we going to do this? But I wanna start before I dive into the first two today, which is what we're gonna cover today. Uh, knowing God and finding freedom, I want to say this, that our vision is tied directly to God's promise. So it's not, I I said it last week, it's not just a catchy phrase or a slogan. it's, It's God has made some promises over us that are sure and unchanging. And so our vision is tied to God's promises. Second Peter chapter one, go there with me. And I'm going to read this scripture, we'll pray together, then we'll dive in. 2 Peter 1, 4. If you're there, say go ahead. If you're not there, say hold up. I'm going to go ahead, Then Verse 4 says this, By which he has granted to us his precious and very great, say it with me, promises. promises, so that through them, say through them, you may become partakers of the divine nature having oh hear this having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire so what is a promise we need to know this because if God makes a promise it's gonna happen as a matter of fact in the Greek this word promise it means an offer with a guaranteed result Come on, we're not wishful thinking Christians. Come on, somebody. I'm not like, well, I sure wish this happens and I should. No, no, no. If God promises it, it is a sure guaranteed result. Which he has granted us his precious and very great promises. And through these promises, through these promises, we find freedom. Our, hear me, our vision and what we believe is God's vision is a process of Total freedom. So when you hear me say things like, we want, you know, I talk about freedom, I'm talking about the whole process of freedom. And we're really gonna unpack that and really dive into what that means. Um, But I, I wanna say it this way, you know, I'm passionate about this because. For so long, I've been saved now about 19 years, and a lot of you know my story. I got saved when I was about 20, and and really came from a lot of drug addiction and, and just uh, a crazy life, and uh, and so got radically saved, gave my life to Jesus, and uh, didn't know what what it looked like. Like what what's a Christian even look like? What do we what do we do now? Like what is this? Do so I just plugged into a church? And what I found is that although I was really passionate about Jesus, and although I loved Jesus, I found myself uh, on this on this Christian roller coaster where I I struggled through the week if I'm honest with you and 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 then I would come to church and man everybody's smiling and you know how it goes you walk in church and you see the pastor and the pastor's like how you doing brother how you doing sister and you got to put on that that I'm blessed no I'm real man God is good and all the time God is good. Except I was confused because I would hear things like that in our Christianese language, right? I would hear those things and then I would say, but wait a minute, when I look at my own life, I don't see that God is good. I don't see his promises. I, I feel like there's a tension and a struggle. And so I was, I was like, wait a minute, man, there's this gap between what the pastor's saying and the verses I'm reading and then my reality. And so I was like, is this just the way that it is? Are we supposed to fake it till we make it? Come on in here and act like everything's all good, knowing that really it's not. And for me, for years, really dealing with with shame and guilt and condemnation and and all the while desiring to serve God, loving God, loving God. See, Paul talks in Romans 7 about doing the things I didn't want to do. And then the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. And that's how many Christians live their life. And the enemy lies to you and says, this is just the way it is. Deal with it. Come to church. Put on your... Blessed. But inside, bound. Slave to sin. No peace. Dealing with anxiety. Not happy. Discontent. Always comparing yourself. Insecure. And I'm here to tell you today that maybe no anyone else has ever told you this, but let me be the first to tell you maybe that Jesus died to set you free. And when I say free, I don't just mean saved. No, I mean totally free. That doesn't mean perfect, but that means free. That means sin is not binding you up anymore. I say it this way. Imagine, imagine uh, 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 that you own a house, and, and what happens in the Christian life is when we get saved, in other words, the Spirit of the Lord comes inside of us because we agree to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, and all of a sudden, there's some, there's some promises, there's some gifts that we gain because of our agreement to that in faith, and so imagine with me, there's this house, and, and it's furnished with all of these spiritual blessings, and we possess it, we own it, it's ours, given to us by God, and yet we're not knowledgeable of how to access them, and the enemy knows that, and so he sends things our way, and so although on day one, man, we're like trusting God in faith and faith and believing in him, but man, day two, shame and guilt come knocking on the door, and and the door, if we're honest, has just been cracked open. It's been cracked open, and we don't really know how to deal with it when the thoughts come our way. And all of a sudden, listen, thoughts become actions which become habits which ultimately build our character and, and, and really direct our lives. So you would talk about we need to get in control of this thing. Are you with me? We'll <laughs> just let you know. I already, already amend myself before I came out. I patted myself on the back. So I'm good. You don't even have to amen me today. I'm going. So imagine shame comes to your door. Shame comes to your door. And you're just saved and you're trying to figure what does this even look like? And shame's like, you need to let me in now. And you're just like, "Uh, I don't really know, but uh, okay. And he just barges his way in. And before long, you've got anxiety and shame and guilt and all of these things just kicking your furniture around just going in your fridge and just clearing stuff out. And you got a mess inside. And you've, you've, You've given access to the enemy in spaces he has no legal right to be. He has no legal right to be there. But when we agree with him, when we agree with his lies, we give him access. You with me? You, You have the ability to give the enemy access to your... Now, he can't possess you if you're born again. He could control you he could influence you and i've heard christians say oh no you christians can't be you know influenced by the devil let me say this if you as a born-again christian leave generation church i hope you don't do this and go to the local bar and sit down and drink a pint of liquor what you think is going to happen you're going to be singing Waymaker! no you're going to be hey, no you <laughs> You will then, as a born-again believer in Jesus, be controlled by something you allowed inside of you. It doesn't own you. It's just chilling in there, and it's directing, and it's, it's just, you know, you, you, it's making itself at home. Let's put it that way. So we need to understand that how we, we, we God's promises, you know, really for us are accessed by faith. Really quick, how do we do this? This is so important, so I have to say this before we dive into our vision. Because I, I talk to people every week on a daily basis, and this is the one thing people struggle with. How do we, how do we live in the promises? How do we access them when shame comes knocking? You have, to, you have to know, there's a couple things about truth. You have to, and his promises. You have to know his promises. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. What does this look like? Well, let's say tomorrow you wake up on Monday and, and, and you know, I know the majority of you guys, Monday's your favorite day and you're just so blessed to get up and go to work and you're just praising Waymaker on the way to work, right? But there's a small percentage of us or, or you know, who maybe you wake up and you're like, you know, maybe my, this is just, I don't like my job. I don't like my boss. I got relationship problems. I got issues and there's no peace inside of you. You have a decision to make. Am I'm going to be led by my feelings today, or I'm going to access the promise of God. And I know the promise of God, because in Philippians 4, 7, it says, And the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind today in Jesus' name. So now I know that promise, and I make a decision to access it by faith and in the word faith, when it, in Hebrews, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word in the Greek means title deed. So practically, how does this look? It looks this way fear and anxiousness comes to your door in the morning and you don't feel the peace of God but God has promised peace there's a legal document saying he will give you peace so you hold that legal document up and you say but God promised me peace and then you begin to thank him for it before it even comes and you just begin to say and Lord just because you promised it I thank you for it right now I'm just praising you for the peace that's going to come right now and I'm telling you anxiety and depression cannot coexist with the presence of the Lord and worship and praise just this week just being honest with you guys man I had a a day where I felt the weight of life on me that anxious feeling came over me and I had a decision to make am I going to continue this day and let it ruin my day or do I tap in by faith into the promise of God's peace and I knew, I went into my office and I, got, I cranked my worship music up and I just began to give God my worship and say, God, I thank you for your peace, Man, I'm shouting in my office. You probably think I was crazy if you heard it. I'm just giving, I'm just like, Lord. And all of a sudden, listen, I'm telling you, you want to make anxiety and fear run, start praising. You just start praising. You say, but I don't feel like praising. Praise anyway. God, I just praise you. right? I thank you for who you are. You're so good. I thank you for the promise of peace. All of a sudden, the peace of the Holy Spirit comes. Why does it come? Because God promised it. So we need to learn how to access it. And our vision is directly tied to God's promises. And so now I want to tap into the first two stages of our vision here at Generation Church. Know God and find freedom. And it's found in Exodus chapter 6. We read it last week. It's also found in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. But in Exodus chapter 6, starting in verse 6, this is God saying some things to the children of Israel. He's making a declaration to them, an oath, a promise to them. And he says this, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. Somebody say, bring you out. This is God's first stage of freedom we call it knowing God but not knowing about him knowing him personally this is so important and and because you can you can know a lot about God and not know God You, you can sing about God and never sing to God uh, you know, a lot of, because we're very diverse in the sense that, man, you know, there's people from all backgrounds and all denominations. And some of y'all think we're a little crazy, by the way. I know you do. I know you do. You'd be like, Who, why was he hollering just then? And, and why is that person jumping up? And what is all this hand waving going on? It's a little crazy. Some of y'all think we're, we're a little tame because you're used to seeing people just laid out all over the place and, and, and people jumping over chairs and blowing the shofar all over the place and, and just tambourines just in your face, just getting slapped around. and just and, and so to you, we're like tame. Ultimately, ultimately, when we say we want people to know God personally, we, we want them not to know an expression or a method or a denomination or a church, but we want them to know Jesus. We get so caught up in expressions to the point where many churches begin to worship the expression or the method. But you don't have tambourines in your church? Come on now. But don't you remember the revival that broke out in such and such year? And the tambourines were center stage. I have nothing against tambourines, by the way. Just don't bring them in here. (laughs) Um, What happens is is that God God moves in a certain way. And it looks a certain way. And people get used to that certain way. And then they think that's the only way God can move. And if they go into another season or God has gone on and he's moving in in different ways, we criticize the new way. Listen, the message and the vision should not change. We don't compromise. We don't compromise our message. And so some people are like, but he didn't do it that way back then. Why, why do you have lights? Why, why do you, and the questions go on and on. Why do you sing so much? And why, 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 why? And and, and what I love is a lot of the people who come from more traditional backgrounds will say, "Why, why do you sing so much? Like, you sang one song for like 12 minutes. Like, we get it. He's a way maker. You said it 18 times and i can i can understand because i can i can kind of i've been there listen if you're in here and you're observing and you're like okay let's sing about him and Wait a minute. Okay, verse 1. Yes, wait a minute. Okay, sing singing. Yeah, but you're just singing about him. What happens in an environment like this is that we, we shift from singing just about him, and we shift to singing to him. Now there's a connection. There's earth and heaven are connected, and the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is actually here and moving inside of you and the very air that God gave you the very air that he breathed inside of you you begin to breathe back to him and all of a sudden you feel the presence of God over you that's what happens here when we engage in, when we we sing it over and over man it's because that's why in one room you could have somebody weeping and somebody like this is lame because it's not about a method It's not, but we got to get, we got to stop worshiping the methods. Told you, I already did this (laughs) before I came out here. I'm good. So how do we help people know God? We do this a few ways here. We do this a few ways. Well, first of all, we don't, we want them to know God and not just church. That's important for me to tell you. I talk to people in the streets and many times that I've said, hey, you know, just kind of praying with them. And, and I'm always going to get to a question where I say, but do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And many times they'll say something like this. Yeah, I go to such and such church. And I'm like, but I didn't ask you what church you went to. <laughs> I just asked you, do you know Jesus? You know, the church down I, I didn't, I, no matter what church you go to, no matter what denomination you are, do you know Jesus? This is what we want. How do we do this here? How does Generation Church help people? What's our vision? to People to know God. But how do we do that? Well, we do that through two ways, evangelism and outreach, which we're passionate about here. And uh, you'll, you'll know we're sending teams out into neighborhoods and into the streets, and then we're doing big community events here, like our backpack event. And we had, you know, 600 people from the community come, and we're, we want to be a blessing to people. And, uh, and so we, we believe in going out to people who may never come here. And when we go out to them, we want to we, we, we tell them about Jesus. We don't want to just give them a cold water and, I mean, you know, and, and not give them the very best thing, which is the hope of Jesus. And so we're doing that. And one pretty cool thing is yesterday, my wife and I were honored uh, by the sheriff of Pinellas County. And we actually got to go to a Pinellas County awards ceremony. And, uh, and it was pretty cool because, you know, although, yes, we were honored and got the plaque, it's really, it was for us. All of us together get to share in that because, you know, what and, and the things they were saying was like, man, you know, Generation Church, man, they're out in the community and they stepped up and they helped and they did the backpack things and they're in these neighborhoods and they're, and, you know, they're doing the Christmas drives and they're just, they're just willing to go out and, and give resources and give finances into the community. And man, there was probably a thousand people. I don't know how many people were there, but they all got to hear that about you. And our church was honored with that. And I think that's, a, that's something to celebrate. I think we should just give God glory for that again. This is awesome. I talk to church leaders and pastors who, would, who want to meet with me, and I always ask them the question, if your, if your church ceased to exist today, would your community even miss you? It's a question we need to ask ourselves. Would our community miss us if we weren't here? All right, so we do that through evangelism and outreach, but we also do it through our Sunday services. And I gotta, I, I'm going to just briefly talk about this because it's so important. Uh, again, because all of us have backgrounds that we come from, and, uh, and, and, and we think Sunday services should go a certain way. All, all of us do that. Well, we didn't have the lights like this. when i Well, we sang this kind of music. Well, we did this, and we didn't, you know, why do you have drums, and why do you have all of these? Remember, methods don't save anybody. Okay, And so what we've decided here is that we want to be a church where you can bring your lost friends and they don't get scared away. Now, we also know that we want them to encounter the presence of the Lord, so we're never going to sacrifice that. So the spirit of the Lord, the presence of God, we, we cultivate that here. Our leaders are praying in this room, praying over these chairs, because we want every person who drives up here to just say, ooh, I feel the Lord here, Right? But we're, we're not, on a Sunday, we're not going to do things that would draw attention to us in the sense that, well, I'm used to worshiping this way, and I told you the story about flags. I have nothing against flags, right? But, but here, just, just here, right, um, you, I, I don't want you running across the front swinging your flag. I told you a story of years ago where I got knocked in the head with a flag. I'm just in glory I'm just in work way <laughs> Jesus did he just return I see stars right now no I got hit in the head nothing wrong with I, we got close friends who have ministries with that I have nothing that's a method we have a method here but what we what we want to do is create a space where lost people can get saved I'm gonna preach the gospel. I'm gonna give people an opportunity to respond. And when we get into the second stage of, of our vision, which is find freedom, I'm gonna to explain to you how we wanna facilitate that part in your life. But, but we, we want uh, just to, to be, we want this room to be a place where you can feel good about inviting lost people. I've been in churches. Listen, I've been in all kinds of churches. I was a part of a really Pentecostal church where they blew the shofar at the beginning of the service, and they had, you ever been, you know what that is? The big, the big ram's horn, and then like, you know, just the right? And that's like, service is starting. And we were all, I, man, I, this was an amazing church. I met my wife in this church, and they had the flags, and they had all the things, and it was, a, it was an awesome church. But I just remember like having some coworkers, right? And I'm like, hey, you should come to church with me. Um, this is amazing people, which very amazing people. But the service was was sometimes in such a way that it almost felt out of control, and and you could just see their eyes like, oh dear God, <laughs> like are they gonna pull snakes out on me? I, I don't even know what's about. You know. Again, I'm not knocking any any methods, so please don't hear that and be like, oh, I can't believe that he is opposing. Worship javelins. I mean, flags. <laughs> or, or whatever. Like, there are churches where that's already built into the culture, and it's probably not going to be distracting. Does that make sense? Are y'all, are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. because I hope you still love me. Yes. Okay. just want us to be clear. The next thing we want for people is not just to know God, but we want them to find freedom. And this is something that I'm I'm super excited about. God's will for you. This is something we, you know, I've heard some pastors say that 90% of the church never gets to this real freedom. They get saved. They never really get free, but it's God's plan for you to be wholly set free from the chains of the enemy. And you're going to hear that a lot. And I'm excited to announce something that's Coming up in our church, we're actually beginning a freedom ministry, and uh, I'm, I'm doing it with our staff right now, and it's going to officially launch in the spring of 2020. A Generation Church will have a freedom ministry. It's not a recovery program. It's a freedom ministry, which means all of us are going to walk through it. I'll explain a little bit more about that, but I want to show you something in Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. It says this, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. To destroy what? Strongholds. Strongholds. Fear can be a stronghold in your life. Anxiety and insecurity can be a stronghold in your life. And what is a stronghold? It means you've had a door open in your life where the enemy has just come in and he's built walls around this area. And maybe you come to church, man, and you, you sing and you sing and you sing, but you go back and for some reason there's still that fear in your heart. It's a stronghold. And the enemy whispers lies to us and he says things like, well, this is just your lot. You're always going to be this way. And if I could talk to the men just for a second, and you know what I'm referring to, but the, the enemy lies to, to many of you and says you're always going to struggle with this sin. That's a lie from the enemy. Because the cross of Jesus Christ was enough to set us free. Was enough to set us free. The blood of Jesus washes us, cleanses us. And then there's some promises attached to that. First Corinthians 6 12. Look what Paul says. He says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. Look what he says at the end. He says, but I will be enslaved, I will not be enslaved by anything. I will not be enslaved by anything. I know for years I dealt with this, guys. I mean, it's real. I don't care how much you love Jesus. I don't care how much you shout. Uh, you know, I don't care your expression in worship. Many people who are very expressive go home and deal with shame all week. You were wounded as a child. You were wounded at growing up and some things were done to you and things were said to you. And you've not really released that to the Lord. And one of the promises that God gave the children of Israel was to get them out of Egypt, but then he had to get Egypt out of them, which is a slavery mindset. You see, when you became a believer, you became a son and a daughter of Christ. You became a child of the living God, which means you are now adopted into the family. You have a new identity. You have hope for your future. Nothing anyone says or does to you could separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And yet, although that's a spiritual reality, practically many times we fail to live that way. And we ride this Christian roller coaster, and we allow the shame of our past, and we allow things that was said to us, and, and we push it down, and you push it down and you push it down. It could have been your dad who, who says, "You're not beautiful." Called you ugly. And it was just one thing. He may not even remember ever saying that. But it's stuck with you for your whole life. And it's actually controlled your actions. It's controlled you. And and, and God wants to free you from that. But you've got to receive the way he sees you. You've got to know, how does God see me? Although my dad saw me this way and I feel a certain way. What does God say about me? And what does he see when he sees me? And we have to begin to live that way every single day, church. It's a decision. It's a, it's a work of the Holy Spirit to allow true freedom to come. And really, this is God's heart for you. It's not my heart or Generation Church's heart. It's God's heart for you, for your family and for this church to really walk in freedom. And So in the spring of 2020, we're launching freedom groups. What this looks like is, is it's, a, it's a group where you're going to gather together with people. And it's going to be about 12 weeks and you're going to walk through some, some things where, where you're going to need to take your mask off with some people that you can trust. And over those 12 weeks, some things are going to begin to surface in your life. Some, some of them you didn't even know were there. And then at the end of those 12 weeks, we're going to have what we're calling encounter weekend. And it's going to be a Friday night and a Saturday where we're going to, we're going to come together. Everybody who is in a freedom group is going to come in and we're going to have, we're going to have worship and we're going to have one-on-one prayer. And we're going to have, facilitate an environment for you to really encounter the freedom from the Holy Spirit. And some things, as they get brought up to the surface, we are going to be able, through the power of the Spirit, to really uproot those things out of your life. To uproot those things out of your life. You need to, you need to see them first and say, oh, I didn't even know that was there. This has been controlling me for years. And then we want to help by the power of the Spirit to see a new work in your life, to see a new, a fresh work. I'm, I'm walking our staff through that right now. We're going to be finished by the end of the fall. And it's going to take a little time to really launch it to the point where our whole church can walk through it because for us we don't want anyone teaching a freedom group unless you have first gone through one what does that mean well it's going to start you know maybe five or ten groups and then the next by, by the fall of 2020, maybe there's 20 groups, but, but man, listen, it's worth waiting. It's worth the process to where there's going to come a day where we've got freedom groups for everybody in this church and every person walks through a freedom group and, and is able to walk through a process of freedom. That gets me excited. I, I think that's just awesome. We want people to know God we want them to find real freedom and we believe once they find real freedom they can then discover what we're going to talk about next week where in the scripture it talks about him redeeming them with an outstretched arm and 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 restoring them to their created purpose finding out the gifts that he's placed in you who you really are see once you get rid of yesterday you can start looking towards tomorrow and once you're free from your yesterday, you can start looking with, with, with faith, with excitement. I got to tell you something. In, in, in the last few months, I've been so full of faith to, be, to, to really believe that God can do anything. Like, like I, I want to attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. The sky's the limit, guys. And I... I wanna ask us all a question as we're wrapping this up. As a matter of fact, just, just bow your head with me as we close this out. I want you to evaluate yourself and I want you to ask yourself right now, not your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your son, whatever. What could it look like in my life if I was totally free? I didn't say perfect. I'm not saying that we're never gonna deal with things and struggle but but really not bound by things and really beginning to walk in the way that God designed me and the purposes that he designed me and ultimately seeing my life and then my family's life make a real difference, partnering with God's plan for Pinellas County and for this earth. What would that look like? And then I want you to ask this question. What would it look like if What would it look like if our church, not 20% of the people were free, 100% of the people in this church were free, filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing the gifts that God's placed inside of them, and ready to make a difference. 100%, not 40, 100. And then I want you to go one step further. What, What could happen in Pinellas County if all the churches around us got really free i believe we could contain the revival that god wants to bring into the walls of our churches and explode out into the streets because we're a free people and free people free people i believe we could accomplish anything for god because we're not worried about the criticism We're secure in our identity in Christ Jesus and what he says about us. I don't live for the praises of man anymore. Live for the approval of one. This is my heart for you guys. Listen, if you're in this room and you, you need to go back to step one and you say, man, I've known about God and Maybe I've gone to church, but I need to know him personally. I need to make today the day that I make it real. I give him my life. I would love to pray with you. And if if you need to make that commitment, can you just wave at me? Just look at me. Just lift your hand at me. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. There's some hands going up. Oh, Listen, I, I even really feel like people watching online right now have their hands up. I don't care where you are. If you're in an office, if you're in, you know, your room. The Holy Spirit is with you. And I want all of us in this room together right now to pray a prayer, and actually, everybody, let's let's pray it with those who raise their hand. I want us to pray this this prayer. Say, Father, we'll say it like you mean it. Say, Father, I believe that Jesus died for me and was raised on the third day, and today I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Come on, past present and future i give my life to you fill me with your holy spirit in jesus name and everybody said